basically today this is what I sensed in my spirit was to let you know and whoever the message is you're good you're okay everything's good and um, I think that there is a big push in a lot of places both in some teachings and also in some non-Christian environments um, that want to tell you that you're pretty messed up and you know what I feel like the Lord is letting us know today is that number one like David said I am fearfully and wonderfully made God has made us in the most amazing way both physically emotionally the soul and spiritually we are made in his image and likeness and he is the one that picked this right so he's the one that picked who we were He's the one, you know, we were God's idea. We, I mean, like, it's like, well, my mom and dad's idea. No, you were actually God's idea. And your mom and dad are co-creators with God, and you're bringing you here. And so, you know, we just need to remind ourselves of this fact. If I'm not okay, I don't want anything to do with God because God is okay. But God wanted us to know that he he is telling us that we're good. You're good. <laughs> we have to remind ourselves of that. So since I'm good, I'm going to walk good. I'm going to live good, right? Because goodness is coming from me. I'm going to be good to other people. I'm going to be, you know, this is what flows out of me naturally. You know, well, naturally I'm nasty. No, naturally you're good. You may have taught yourself to be nasty. You may have taught yourself these things through your life, but they're not your true nature, God's goodness. We all have personalities. Personalities are personalities. God also made your personality. Listen, if everybody had the same personality, we would be in a lot of trouble. We need the different personalities. It's important. Everyone has, you'll notice, I tend to go in one direction. Other people tend to go in other directions. Why is that? Is somebody right or wrong? Most of the time, no. Everyone is right and wrong to a certain degree, but your personality is your personality. You know, and, and that's what and that's what I think is beautiful about everybody is that they all have their unique expression of God on the earth. And that unique expression should not be hindered. It should not be stopped. It should not be saying everybody should say this and everybody should do this and everybody should act like this be like but what if that expression of god within you is different and there's a lot of people with very unique expressions that you know we need to remind ourselves yeah that looks different that sure looks different to me but is you know but you're okay does that make sense so i want to read this scripture to make it an official service john 3 17 for god never dispatched his son to the world that he would judge the world but that he would give life to the world by his hand. Guess what? We're also like that. God didn't dispatch Jamin <laughs> to the world that he would judge the world, but that he would give li life to the world by his hand. In other words, the life of God is within us, and then that flows through us into the world. So this is the reason why it's important that we understand that we are good you are good. And, and any attempt that we make at being good, the scripture calls dung. That's a nice way of saying it, right? 
So all of the work that we're doing to, pri to try to prove to ourselves, usually we're trying to prove to ourselves, that we are good is really just rubbish. It's junk. Because the one who has said you are good is God. He is the highest that there is. There's nothing higher than him. Why would we want to put on ourselves, as the scripture said, our own righteousness? That's ridiculous. Take off that. Don't wear your own righteous deeds, your own righteous works. Here's my righteous work here. Here's my righteous work there. Look, God, I had, you know, like they have the St. Peter, you know, he's checking off the check boxes of all your self-righteousness. How much self-righteousness you did? Oh, you did a lot of self-righteousness. You can go to heaven. Self-righteousness isn't what gets people into heaven. Jesus was very clear. If you're, if you're not born in heaven, you don't go to heaven. If you're not born in heaven, you don't go. People are like, well, I don't know if I was born in heaven. Well, Jesus would, would disagree with that. You see, so are we going to agree with him or are we going to create our own self-righteousness, our own works, our own little fabrication of reality that we live inside of that makes us feel good about what we're doing? When in reality, he declares us righteous. If you look in the book of Isaiah, where it talks about God's anointed man, who is Jesus Christ, and he, it said, he will not judge by what he sees, but he will judge a righteous judgment. In other words, he will declare you righteous. God does that. Don't call the work of God the work of the devil. Remember what Jesus said to the Pharisees? He said that's the, a blasphemy to call the work of God the work of the devil. You know, people call plants, you know, you can't, you can't think about plants. That's just that old world system. You can't think about stuff on the earth. That's just that. No, don't call the work of God, which is creation, the work of the devil. Call it the work of God. Speak life into it. Don't speak judgment into it. Speak life into it. You have the life of God to give. You don't have judgment to give. He hasn't given you judgment. You don't give judgment. You see, so it's not our own righteous works. It's him declaring us righteous. God didn't send Jesus to judge this. He came to bring life, to manifest life where there wasn't life to bring not just life, but light, which is revelation of what is happening on the earth. What does all of this stuff mean? How does all of this stuff work? He's showing us who we really are, our true nature. So God says you're good. Now here's another scripture, okay? This is also a good one, okay? So this is, and this is one, and again, we do review because it's good to review. And Jesus many times, and, and here's the thing, what you'll see is, you'll see this incessant, you know, desire to um, accuse God of being wrong. Did God, remember, what was the first lie from Satan, right? Did God not say, right? What did it, that's what he said. He was questioning what God said. So God's declared you righteous, so who's the one that condemns then? It's Satan. It's Satan. He's the one that says you're not righteous, not God. So we need to be on our guard from, and, and I'm just going to say, people can be used by the devil. Did you know that? <laughs> they can be used by God, but they can also be used by the devil. That doesn't make them bad, but it does make need, we need to be aware of lies okay things that aren't true coming from other people uh, specifically about god you say well they lied about me well yeah that's a problem too but what if they lie about god 
be very aware of that because the first lie came because it was a lie about God. Because in the garden, he lied about him and they believed the lie, right? One of them was deceived and one of them just went with it, right? So we know that. Adam was not deceived, but Eve was, okay? So we have this kind of thing and we have this, you know, um, uh, we have this uh, ig- um, c- persistent voice saying, you're not good enough. I've heard it. I don't know if you've all heard it, but I've heard this. You're not good enough, right? And we put people on pedestals as a goal to reach, okay? I can give you an area, and you can tell me the one that is on the pedestal on the earth who is the highest on that that you would want to achieve to. If it was business, you'd have certain business people. If it was family, you'd have certain family people. If it was home stuff, you know, somebody who's good at the home. Who, who did it used to be? Martha Stewart, right? Now she hangs out with Snoop Dogg and has been in prison. But I don't know, but people still like her, right? Because she's, she's, she's cool and she's good. She's good around the house, right? We've got a, we've, but we all have, there's always somebody in your mind who's the highest, right? And you say to yourself, well, I'm not that. But I would like to be that, you know? Be it an industry, be it personal, be it whatever. You know, if you play Minecraft, you want to be like, you know, the YouTubers that are really good at Minecraft. Whatever it is, there's always some pedestal that we want to reach to. And if we don't reach to it, for some reason, we're like, well, at least we kind of put in our mind how good we are at it and rate, rate ourselves in some level there. And I'm just pointing that out because I want us to understand that all of that is the soul. None of that is real, okay, in, in, in God. It, none of it is real because, because when you pick up a little baby who's been born and is maybe six months old, you are not doing that with that baby are you? That baby is literally pooping its diapers and peeing and can't even feed itself yet. You have to feed it. It is not reaching any of those goals that you set on the earth because it's a child. It's a baby. And you love the baby because the baby is the baby. God sees us like that. He loves us because of our nature, because of who we are. Not because of anything we did. There's, what did Jesus say? You must be born again. You must be born from above. Well, guess what? When you are born from above, you're a baby. We're really, really, really little. We are just beginning to know even what we are. Remember how I used the example where a baby's like, oh, what's this? And it's his hand. <laughs> they don't even know what their hand is. Oh, it moves when I want it to move. That's us. So I'm moving in the spirit, right? And now I see something. And I'm like, whoa, I see something, you know? <laughs> That's our spiritual eyes opening. And now we're like, hey, I see everybody in the spirit. What's going on here? This is really weird. That's us waking up to who we are. I'm learning. I, I can meditate? Wait, meditation's due age. Hold on a second. Am I allowed to meditate? What? You're telling me Jacob went out into the field and meditated? That's actually in the scripture? Wait. There's meditation all throughout the scripture. That's actually just a spiritual practice. It doesn't have anything to do with a religion. Oh, what happens when I'm meditating now? Oh, I'm becoming more aware of God, becoming more aware of him around me. These are the kind of things you're meditating. Oh, I'm just learning that just now. I'm just learning. I'm just knowing. So what I'm saying is, is that all of these little um, gauges that we make for ourselves to determine whether we're good or not, 
They don't exist. Now, you can take the law. Now, the law is good, and the law is right, and the law is perfect. So if you really wanted to do a gauge, you should just use the law, and then you can immediately fail at that because you're, there's no way you're doing that. <laughs> you can't do it perfect because the law isn't supposed to make you righteous, right? The law just points out what sin is. Actually, the law says the more, the more law, I will tell you this, and I can see this from experience, the more law you hear taught in a church, the more sin you will see. Because the scripture is very clear about that. You get up there, they need to teach the law, teach people what they need to be doing. People aren't being taught enough what's right and wrong. You keep teaching that, you will see a lot of wrong. Because the law makes sin come alive. But if you teach the righteousness which comes from Jesus, you will see righteousness flow. Because righteousness is a gift. It was given to us, and, and God has declared us righteous. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, to tell it, you're judged, you did this wrong, you did that wrong. Because, you know, knowing what's right and wrong doesn't give you the power to overcome it. You have to have power from somewhere else. You need the blood of Jesus to cleanse you. You need to accept what it is in order to walk in that righteousness. So we do a lot of judging, and we shouldn't, <laughs> because we don't even know what we're looking at. Half the time, we have no idea what we're looking at. And we've made a judgment by what we see. And Jesus makes a judgment that's righteous. I declare you righteous. I declare it righteous. You remember, there's God and there's not God. So when you become more aware of him, the things that are not God almost completely disappear. You don't even see them. They're just not, it's like they don't exist. Because in reality, they don't exist. God didn't make that. It doesn't exist. It has a... If you see it, it's like a wisp of smoke, and then it's gone. It's not even, it's really not a thing, okay? Now, <clears throat> I'm going to show you a couple of condemnation things, okay? Like John 9, um, here, let me see if I can get it in the Aramaic, because I always like Aramaic. So we've got John 9, right? So I'm just, I'm just looking at a couple of things, because I want you to see that Jesus dealt with this a lot. Um, John 9, 1. So as he passed by, he saw a fellow blind from his mother's belly. Okay, he's blind from birth, right? We're being very literal here. His disciples asked and said, Our chief, when that one would be begotten blind, who has sinned, this one or his parents? Immediately, condemnation, right? This is how, the, this is how we see things. In that light, right? Not in the light. So again, we're talking about frequency opening doors. What frequency are we in, right? So you have a frequency of right and wrong, the law. What does it look like under the law? Now, under the law, all die. The scripture is very clear about that. <laughs> they die. <laughs> Dead. Doesn't work to make you righteous. It does work for what it's made for, but it doesn't work for that. That's the wrong thing for it, okay? Jesus said to them, not his sin and not his parents, but that the deeds of God would be seen in him. In other words, he's letting him know this has nothing to do with that, right? This is basically just a demonstration of the goodness of God. It is appropriate for me to be doing the deeds of that one who dispatched me while it is the daytime. The night comes that men cannot work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world, okay? Now, Jesus is in us now. He's still in the world, but he's in his people now, right, through the Spirit. So we're not in a time of darkness. We're in a time of light. So just remember, keep everything in context when you're reading the scriptures so you know like where you are <laughs> and what he's talking about. <laughs> um, and then as he said these things, he spat over the land and molded them up from the spittle and smeared it over the eyes of the blind one. He said, go, 
washed in the baptism pool of Shiloh. He went, and as he washed, uh, as he was washing, his scene came. So Jesus is just like, I got to do the works of, of God while it's day. And then he's like, <laughs> and he spits in the ground, and he makes some mud, and he throws it. Okay, so this is how, this is how it works, right? So he's showing us it's not your dirt. It's not somebody else's dirt. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take some dirt right here. I'm going to spit in the ground and make, and make eyes out of it. He's just taking all your condemnation, <laughs> all the condemnation we felt, and he's going to be like, look, this is what I do with dirt. You have eyes now. Go wash it. Go wash it in the pool, right? Why is that? Because he just loves taking our ideas and just flipping them on their heads. You know, like when you're playing with a little baby and you're like, peekaboo, and the baby's like, how did they do that? That's God. He loves doing that stuff with us. He's like, how did you do that, God? That was amazing. But in reality, it's just him going, peekaboo. And then we laugh and we have fun. It's him taking all these funny ideas that we have and just giving us life. It, he did not send his son into the world to judge. He sent his son into the world to give life. So it's life that's coming, not judgment. It's a Remember, the prodigal son comes to a party. It's a party. It has no reason other than to have fun and get to hang out with people, eat good food, and have fun with your friends. It is a fun time. Just remember these things. What is not a fun time? Not being in the party. That's when you're grumpy. <laughs> right. But... Right. Right. Like, you know, not like, oh, there's God, now you're dead, because you obviously messed up this morning or whatever. All that stuff is not okay, but um, I can understand that. I mean, I have moved. I was raised in a godly, religious, godly seeming spot. I don't believe like tons of godly stuff. I mean, is that what you are truly is? All right, so now... My next example is in John 8. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. In the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people were coming next to him. He sat as he was teaching them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman that was held in adultery. Yep. When they stood her in the center, they said to him, Teacher, this woman is held by a public act of adultery. Yikes. In the law, since Moses commanded we stone thinning out these things. Yikes. Therefore, what do you say? When they said this, they were testing him, for they, for that would be how they would accuse him. As Jesus stooped, he wrote over the land below. When they continued to ask him, he said to them as he stretched out, which one of you exists without sin? He will cast the earliest stone towards her. When he stooped, he again wrote over the land. When, and I'm not going to get into any details of what he wrote. There's different ideas but anyway when they heard each one was dispersing though beginning from the elders 
Okay, so in other words, they all left. The oldest people left first. Been around a little longer, you understand what he's talking about, right? So, again, going back to John 3.17, he didn't send Jesus to judge the world. He sent Jesus to give life to the world. That's what we're sent to do, to give life to the world. We speak to the good in every person. It's like, but there's some bad there. That doesn't exist in God. You speak the righteous judgment. How does God see this? Okay. Now, is there a judgment? Yeah, there is. It's self-judged. <laughs> in other words, the thing that's not of God will eventually just disappear. Why is that? In the light of Christ, all things that are dark disappear. Why is that? Because it's their nature. Things that aren't coming from the, from the Lord don't stay because they're false fabrications. Babel didn't stay, neither will the current Babel stay, the Tower of Babel. You know, that's not going to stick around either. So when they heard each one was dispersing, verse 9, though beginning from the elders, when she was left alone, the woman existed in the center. So here's condemnation for you. <laughs> I mean, this lady's probably feeling pretty condemned right now. Um, as Jesus was stretched out, he said to the woman, where are they? No man brought your sentence? Like, What's going on here? There's nobody here that... She said, no, no man, Lord. And Jesus said, I also am not sentencing you. Remember, Jesus did not come to judge. He came to give life. Go, but from now on, never sin again. Listen to what Jesus' words does for people. He sets them free. He sets them free. He said, go, never sin again. And guess what she can do now? She can go and she'll never sin again. Isn't that amazing how God does it? He doesn't come to condemn us. He comes to give us life. Jesus' words gives you power, power in his words, because what he's doing is he's speaking directly into your true nature. He's speaking direct. So that woman was not aware of her nature the way that she was after Jesus spoke. He spoke directly into her nature. Who knows what she was told her whole life? But now the one who, who is over all, the word made flesh from the beginning of time, who is aware of the very nature and presence of God in every man, spoke directly into her. And he said, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Is it important to know what sin is? Yes, that's why we have the law. But what is the higher law? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has raised us from the dead. That is the higher law. Jesus came to reveal the spirit of life. The law came to reveal death and sin. Did we need to know? We, we did. We did need to know that. <laughs> but that's not what sets you free. What sets you free is the life, the spirit of God within us. So again, grace is not nullify the law, and grace is basically what we live in. And grace is more than just this, obviously. The grace of God has given us the ability to speak life into other people where they may have received condemnation. So the whole point of this short message today is that you're good. <laughs> you know, like, that's how he tells me, okay? So I'm using the words that he tells me. You, he might tell you a different way. You know, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, you could say that. You know, that was one. Um, but, but what he tells me is, well, because what he's doing is he's answering that question. He's answering the question. You're good. You're good. You know, but have I done enough, God? Have I done enough? You're good. Right. Right. You're good. Right. So, 
Well, right. And also, right. And also that question that people have, the condemnation of whether they did enough for God for him to love them. Because in reality, you did nothing for him to love you, but he loves you anyway. So what we do is we return the love that we received. We open our heart. We open our, our frequency door system to the love of God, which is basically saying uh, not just that I love you, but that I am extremely excited even to that you're aware of me right now, that we're aware of each other, like in our pre in the presence, you know, like I'm in your presence, Lord, right? I'm in your presence, bam, right there. Perfect. It's awesome, right? Just living off of the life of God. I'm living off of the spirit of God. The life of Jesus is in me, right? I'm living off of his flesh and his blood. Jesus said, eat my flesh, drink my blood. He told us to do that. Why is that? Because there's power. This is a this is a mystical experience. This is a spiritual experience to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Right? We do that through communion, through a physical, you know, connection on the earth, but you also can just do it in the spirit. You know, just by living off of him. Where does your life come from? My life comes from Jesus. He's the one that causes my heart to beat. He gives me life. He heals my body. He sets me free. This is my interaction. This is who I am. I am good. I am righteous. Did I do anything to deserve it? I did not. I just live out of the life of God that's already in me. Jesus is the same way. You don't look at a baby and say these things. Why do we do that to ourselves, right? He's created us fresh and new. You know, Brother Hagin used to talk about that, right? When people would come up and they would pray and they would accept Jesus and then he would say, you're like a brand new baby. You don't even have a history. But don't forget that. <laughs> yeah, but I did some things after I was a Christian. It doesn't matter. He didn't do that because of something you just said. He declared you righteous. You are still righteous. Now you're like, well, I'm doing some things that aren't righteous. Well, that's why Jesus said, go now and don't sin anymore. Because you're righteous. If you believe you're righteous, you act righteous. You're like, oh man, I'm righteous. That's right. You know, now your soul is going to be like, oh, so anyway. All right. So we'll just close with that. And I think, all right, we'll close with that. All right, guys. Thank you. Father. Thank you. Yeah, we'll pray. Father, thank you for great, uh, your great love that you've given us and that we are in you and you are in us. In Jesus' name, amen.